The Descant Music and Media Group presents In Search of Peace and Healing with your host, Celia Boone. Welcome, friends. I'm delighted that you've joined us today and hope this podcast will be helpful to you. Rather than define what this podcast is, which is really yet to unfold, let's start with what it's not. This is not a meeting, and it's not church, but a dialogue to aid our search, the search for peace and healing. In some of our episodes, my guests and I will discuss ideas and strategies that we've picked up from various places, including 12-step programs from churches and many other sources. Take what you like and leave the rest. So I'm going to begin with a little bit of my history I was born into a large family. I have six siblings. My father was successful, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So dad was basically working all the time. The home was extremely high stress. Dysfunctional doesn't begin to describe it. And dad didn't want to be at home any more than any of the rest of us did. So he threw himself into his work and stayed away a lot more than he needed to. Didn't have a good mom. She was cruel, abusive, hated me. Um, She was a control freak. And I think when I was about three, she started telling me that the devil was in my heart and that I was going to hell. Both parents were extremely religious, and the religion of their choice was had a lot, a lot of thou shalt nots, and a lot of if you do this or do that, if you drink, smoke, you know, dance, whatever, you're going to hell. So um, basically, I was taught exactly what I was supposed to believe exactly how I was supposed to behave, which was perfectly. I wasn't supposed to make mistakes. Um, In our family, you weren't supposed to just make good grades. You were supposed to be the top grade maker, you know, number one in the class. And if you weren't, then you weren't doing your best. You weren't working up to your potential. So there were a whole bunch of thou shalt nots, but there really wasn't love coming from mom or protection and the, you know, the gentle nurturing um, that a lot of moms are gifted with. My, My mom didn't have that. We had a big family secret, too. My dad's position in the community was pretty prestigious, and so our family was kind of known in the community So we had this family image that we were supposed to uphold. Back to the family secret. My mom had mental illness. 
She wouldn't go for treatment. She used to say that the Lord was her psychiatrist, um, so she never sought help, but she belittled people who went for counseling or treatment or therapy or anything like that. In the meantime, she was really living a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde existence. In public, she would be gracious and charming, very proper, but friendly, and she was an extremely intelligent woman, So, and she had a good sense of humor. So, you know, there seemed to be a lot of people that liked her. She also had a reputation of being very pious. Inside the home, though, it was completely different. She was enraged all the time. She was a rageaholic, a religaholic, tried to control everything. And I know now that that was born out of fear because of things that happened to her in her childhood. So when I was seven years old, um, I was molested. I, I couldn't tell anybody. I was terrified that if I told that I would be in major trouble, um, that I would get beaten and, um, you know, nobody would believe me and it would be blamed on me. So in order to try to soothe myself, I discovered that if I ate a whole bunch of food, it did help me feel better. So I began binging, sneaking food, and gaining weight. So in a family where family image is everything, having a fat daughter was not in my mother's plan. So as soon as she noticed I was gaining weight, she began shaming me, bullying me, um, highly restricting what I could eat. She'd be giving cookies to my brothers and say, no, you can't have any because you're fat. And um, in addition, I was getting teased by classmates and bullied by a couple of people that were close in my life. And I was just a mess. I was depressed. I carried massive guilt and shame. And I just kept wishing all the time that I'd never been born. Now, I say this not for people to feel sorry for me or to, oh, wow, look what you've been through. I don't say that for, the, for those reasons. I'm telling you so that as we go on a journey in search of peace and healing, you can, you'll be able to understand um, where my self-destructive bent and lots of behaviors that achieved that came from. So on the inside, I was a mess. Publicly, however, especially outside the house, I was a good actress. I, you know, knew how to smile and act like I was okay. Um, I would tell jokes and, you know, joke around. And, you know, I found out that if I told the funniest fat jokes that, um, nobody would tease me, you know, because I could tell better fat jokes than they could. So I would tell fat jokes and laugh the loudest at them, and nobody teased me. So another thing I did was I played the piano. Um, 
that was one way that I escaped reality, actually, by playing the piano. I could just kind of, my mind could go a million miles away when I played and I didn't have to deal with reality. In the church and in the community where I grew up, musical ability was highly prized. And because I spent so much time escaping when I was seated at the piano, I got to be pretty good. So um, by the time I was 13 or so, I was playing for church services of various kinds and accompanying other musicians. And I also sang. So, you know, I was up front a lot performing and I didn't have stage fright. Um, In fact, kind of, you know, put me in front of some people and turn a light on and I kind of become a ham and, you know, it, it sends me kind of into another dimension. So thank God for the piano because that really helped me not completely lose it when I was a child. So fast forward, you know, the food and eating, I hated being fat and hated myself for being fat, but I continued to overeat. I would pay a little friend at school to bring me candy because I wasn't allowed sweets at home. And um, I ate at my mother a lot, ate at her. I went through high school. I did not make good grades. I had, you know, just above a B average Um, But in my family, that wasn't okay. And basically, I made enough A's in English and music and art to counteract the C's that I made in science and math and other courses. Now, I knew how I was supposed to behave. I knew what I was supposed to believe, but I didn't. Some of those things just never rang true to me. But I never had any sense of belonging. And it took me probably till I was around 50 before I really developed much of a sense of belonging at all. So when I was 44 years old, I had a moment of clarity. I realized that had I set out from childhood to completely destroy my life in every conceivable way, I couldn't have done a better job. And what I did was completely unintentional. I didn't mean to ruin my life, ruin my health. You know, I I didn't mean to be so depressed that all I could do was cry and do whatever I could to numb my feelings. I weighed over 500 pounds and I gave up on life and got into bed and started begging God to let me die. And I stayed there every day for a couple years, begging God to let me die, being really angry at him when I would wake up and didn't die during the night. You know, it was stop the world, I want off. But I just couldn't die. And I could not go on. I just, I had so much mental anguish Um, deep self-loathing. I had so much resentment that I was carrying inside. I was just a big ball of resentment. Um, But I didn't feel secure in any of my relationships enough to be able to voice the anger. 
I was terrified that if anybody knew what I was really like on the inside, that everyone would reject and abandon me. And that, you know, would make my situation way worse even. So I tried to pretend to be way better than I was. Smarter, funnier, have more education, you know, whatever. I just really tried to pretend I had my act together. And I guess on some level that was... um, I was pretty successful in getting that across to some people. But there were others that looked in my eyes and saw the rage um, and that kind of stuff. Anyway, so age 44, I go for help. And I went for help in every place that I could think of. You know, my core addiction was food. So I, you know, I started seeing a doctor And I just sought all kinds of help. And basically, I found out that what I needed to do was I needed to change my behavior. Because up to that point, I had only done basically what I felt like doing. But I, I, it was time for me to grow up and take actions to turn my life around the other way and go in a better direction. So, okay, what I've been telling you is a little intense, so I'm going to take a quick break, get myself a bottle of water, and we'll be right back. You're listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Bloom. We'll return to the show in just a moment. If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to learn more, we invite you to go to our website, descant mmg Weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. Go to www.spreaker.com and then do a search for Descant Music and Media Group. Thanks, Celia. Now back to the show. Okay, what do you have for us now? So I want to talk a little about why I started this podcast. Um, One of the ways that I sought help is I went for counseling um, for two or three years. And I also started taking mental health education classes, which really helped me a lot. So I started building a support network, um, and the people in my network just loved me, gave me all kinds of validation. They listened to me. They hugged me. They laughed and cried with me. They taught me how to be honest and take care of myself. They even helped me find my purpose for living, which is very simple, but I love this. My purpose for living is to be helpful to others. My support network showed me their warts and made it safe for me to show mine to them. To, in, They showed me how poisoning it is to oneself when one has to pretend that, that you're perfect or nearly perfect. Um, how dishonest perfectionism is. And what a relief it is to be able to 
be perfectly imperfect. Um, I used to be so worried that if friends found out that I had all these flaws or, you know, all these things that I thought were problems that were wrong with me, that they would run and hide. And in fact, I found that when I started showing my warts, people really responded very warmly to me. They started, you know, I was being able to make it safe for other people to be real and honest about their stuff. And, um, and so I really found a bond of humanity that I had always wanted but never really knew how to get or had never felt before. Um, another thing I did as I started exercising regularly and pretty quickly I began really enjoying it. I had always hated exercising unless it was some kind of sports where I could, you know, snow ski or water ski or do something like that. But, you know, when one weighs 500 pounds, one does not go snow skiing. So I found a doctor. I had some weight loss surgery. I also you know, lost a significant amount of weight before I even had the surgery. And um, I lost 250 pounds. And then with maybe 90 or 100 more pounds to go, I stopped losing weight. I tried to get myself going again, but I just couldn't. And I didn't know why in the world I was sabotaging myself. So I went to Google, and I did some reading, and I discovered something that I knew nothing about. I discovered this thing called ACE, and ACE is an adverse childhood experience, basically intensive type of trauma. Um, they had a test, so I took the ACE test, and out of the 10 kinds of childhood most traumatic events um, that these professionals designed, my score was five out of ten. So I started reading, okay, that's a real that's a high ACE score. There are people, unfortunately, that have much higher ones than I do, but still, you know, it wasn't good news. Basically, you know, childhood, I learned that childhood trauma really changes the way that your brain develops. And so um, it was pretty predictable that I would be obese and have habits that were very self-destructive. And I was sick a lot and um, depressed, all kinds of stuff. It was pretty classic textbook. When you have a childhood that's filled with trauma, it does affect you later in life in major ways. So I was like, well, now what do I do? I didn't know how to proceed, but I did know that there's got to be some way to really be able to heal and move on because I was feeling like it really, I was feeling really unsafe without the extra padding. Um, so I was, I was looking for, okay, surely people have read stuff or maybe YouTube videos. So I went to YouTube and I started looking for videos on how to find peace, how to advance healing, 
and I couldn't find anything. The closest thing I found was a couple of, uh, or a few of YouTube videos that had basically somebody playing hymns or soothing music, meditation music, you know, and then there were some sites that had hymns playing in the background and somebody reading scripture, but that just really didn't meet my needs. So I thought, you know what, I have, I've had a lot of mental health education. I had become a peer support specialist, you know, gotten certified um, as a result of my education. And so I created a seminar on depression and um, I guess at the point where I learned about ACE scores, I was already doing seminars and you know, doing music concerts with my husband. And so anyway, I thought, you know what? The way that I've had a lot of healing in my life, it's come through talking with people in my support network, talking with other people who've had a lot of childhood trauma. And, you know, that's how a lot of my healing has come. So... I thought, well, you know, maybe I need to do a seminar on finding peace and healing. Fortunately, I uh, have a husband who's really bright and always has some really good ideas. And he suggested the podcast thing. Because I can do a seminar and have, I don't know, 50, 100 people in a room where I'm teaching this. But he showed me how by using a podcast, I could probably reach more people and, you know, be more helpful. So, long story long, (laughs) because I can't really tell short stories. That's why I'm doing this podcast. So, I welcome you to walk with me. We're going to be talking to a lot of people, um, having them share their stories and what helps them to build a core of peace And, you know, before I could really do a lot of healing, I needed to just have some peace. And so, but we're going to be talking about how to be able to do better, feel better, heal, so that we can, you know, live out our dreams and have a life that's fundamentally happy and useful and, you know, share with others what we've learned and help them along the way. So I look forward to future episodes. Thank you for being with me and listening today. And take gentle care of yourself, my friends. And now, may each of you Be blessed with more peace of mind and joy of heart than you could even imagine. I'd like to extend my thanks to my husband, Ken, for being an awesome producer, musician, songwriter, arranger, my very best friend, and a great husband. Thanks, babe.
You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group, providers of music and media production as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter or visit our website at descant-mmg.weebly.com. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. Go to www.spreaker.com and then do a search for Descant Music and Media Group.